Time to invite the kids to come on up front. We're going to be on this side today, okay? So come on up over here. Find a spot to sit. Come on up. Should be room for everyone. All right. Good to see everyone this morning. Thanks for coming up. Okay. Uh, I need a volunteer. Owen, would you come on up here for a second, please? I want you to stand right here. Okay. Now, I have a dollar bill to give you. Okay? But I'm not just going to give it to you. All right? You have to do something specific in order to get this dollar bill. All right? So I'll give you this dollar bill if you jump up and down ten times. Good. Did you do it? Yeah, way to go. There you go. Thanks, buddy. You can sit down. Good work. All right. Now think with me. Was that dollar bill a gift for Owen? Did he get it freely? No, it wasn't, right? It wasn't free, was it? He had to do something to earn that dollar bill. He had to do just the right thing to get it, right? If he would have done 10 backflips, would he have gotten that dollar bill? No, he had to do just the right thing to get that dollar bill, right? Now, That's how some people approach a relationship with God. They try to work to get God's blessing. They think that if they work hard enough and if they do the right things, then that will save them from their sin. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that salvation is free. It's a gift of God that he gives to us. So Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Jesus earned our salvation for us. He earned our salvation so that we can have forgiveness of sin and we can have eternal life, right? So, do you know how we come into a relationship with God then? Do you know how we do that? It's by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, right? It's by believing in who he is and trusting in what he has done for us, not trying to earn it ourselves, right? So do you know how we can have forgiveness of our sins? By believing in Jesus, right? Do you know how we can have eternal life forever and ever in heaven with God? It's by believing in Jesus, right? So Owen had to work. He had to do something specific to earn that dollar bill. But we don't have to work to earn our way into a relationship with God. God grants us salvation as a free gift to us. So our right standing before God is not based on what we do. Our right standing before God is based completely on what Jesus Christ himself has already done. So we don't have to work to earn God's love or his favor. God's love is always ours. He just gives it to us, and it's complete and it's unchanging. And so that's good news for us this morning, right? So thanks for coming up. You can go back and have a seat and keep listening to the message. All right, so if you would grab a Bible and turn to Romans chapter 3, that's where we'll be this morning. Romans chapter 3, partway into the New Testament here. So today we're going to be kind of continuing on a more in-depth look, a little bit of why Jesus came to earth and what he accomplished. And in doing so, we're going to explore the doctrine of justification. All right, we sang in one of our songs a little bit ago that justice has been satisfied. And so we're going to be looking at justification. 
Uh, it's a theological term. Hopefully you're, you've heard it before. If not, we're going to define it and look at what that is. Uh, along the way this morning, we will be addressing some Catholic doctrine, some Catholic beliefs. Uh, many of you have had previous experience within the Catholic Church. And this morning, I want to help correct some errors uh, that you might have been taught. I want to help ground you in biblical truth in this. Others of you have interactions uh, in our community with those of the Catholic faith and desire to be a witness to them. So I want to help you uh, understand, hear more of what they uh, might believe, where they might be coming from, so that you can share with them and talk about spiritual matters uh, with them. So the message today is, is not only to refute Catholic beliefs, that is part of what we're doing this morning, but to address other false beliefs as well. Uh, Some of you have been in other churches that have just taught things that simply aren't true biblically, and so we want to address those things. And we also need to recognize that we have an enemy. You have an enemy, did you know that? Satan, and he wants you to believe things that aren't true. He wants to feed you lies and have you believe things that aren't true. And so this morning, I want to help bring clarity to this and help us believe things that are true biblically. Because your understanding of justification is critical to your salvation, to your forgiveness of sin, to your hope of eternal life in heaven. Justification is critical, not only to our salvation, but your understanding of justification is also critical to how you live out your daily life, and if you are able to live freely in Christ. And so let's pray, and then we'll read our scripture here and preach through. So pray with me. Father God, we praise you. We thank you that we do have your word, which is truth. And even though, God, it has been uh, distorted by some, God, we ask this morning that you would help us to know truth, to believe truth, and to live in this truth. And so, God, by your Spirit, through your word, would you grow us, mature us in faith, and produce much fruitfulness in our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans chapter 3, we're going to read a little bigger section, then we're going to focus mainly on one verse this morning. But Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 9, we'll read through verse 31. Here's what it says. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. And in the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, 
although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there's no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. For is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And so there's lots going on here in this passage. We're not going to get into it all today. But we want to focus specifically on verse 28. Verse 28, Paul writes, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So that's what we want to dwell on. That's what we want to meditate on this morning. That's the truth we want to get sunk down into our minds this morning. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And so we're going to ask a series of questions in order to, to do that. And so first question is simply, what is justification? So I want to give you a simple definition to start with, and then we'll expand on it a little bit. Uh, so to justify means to declare righteous. To declare righteous. So justification is an act where God declares a sinner to be righteous. It's a a legal type of term. It's a a courtroom-like term. In a judicial act, the divine holy judge declares you, a sinner, to be free of all of the charges that are against you due to your sin. This is an uh, acquittal of guilt. When we talk about our sins being forgiven, this is it. When we talk about being saved, this is what we're talking about. God makes a declaration that you are fully righteous and free from all guilt. Justification. To declare righteous. So why do you need to be justified? Well, you need to be justified because you are unrighteous and without hope. That's where we all start. We're unrighteous and without hope. Look back at verses 10 through 12, right? None is righteous, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So each one is there, Right? So you don't have the righteousness that you need before God. You simply don't have it due to sin. In fact, no one does. 
No one does. We know that we fall short, right? We know that we have sin in our lives. We don't live in perfect obedience before a holy God. That's due to our sin nature. There's nature within us. The Bible also says that we have evil desires within us that then we carry forth and bring forth in our actions and our thoughts and our attitudes and our words. We act upon these evil desires and we sin against God and we sin against others. And the problem is that sinful people are not acceptable to a holy God. They are worthless, we see here in verse 12. Worthless in God's purpose of loving him and worshiping him and serving him and glorifying him. Worthless because of our sin, our unrighteousness. And so in that, we are hopeless before a holy God. We are without hope. Because God is righteous, only a righteous people can come before him and be in right relationship with him. And so then due to the fact that you are sinful and unrighteous in your nature and in your action, your only hope of righteousness then becomes something outside of yourself, not something you can do on your own. It has to be an outside righteousness that is given to you. So that's our need for righteousness. So then how are you justified? How are you justified? Look at verse 28 again. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So how are you justified? You're justified by faith. By faith. Now, two weeks ago, Pastor Jeremy gave a pretty full definition of faith, which is good. And so not in disagreement with that, but sometimes for me personally, I like to have a real simple definition. And as I'm reading through Scripture, as I'm reading my Bible, just these real simple, short definitions can be helpful in understanding. And so let me give you a simple definition of faith, and it's simply this, belief with action. Belief with action. So faith is believing what God has said and living it out. All right? Simple definition of faith. So, verse 28, we hold that one is justified, declared righteous by God, by faith. By believing what God says and living it. All right? And so why does justification come by faith? Why don't we have to work for it? Why don't we have to earn it? Well, first, because we couldn't. It's not possible because of our sin, because of our unrighteousness. And secondly, because Jesus Christ has done the work. He's already done the work. Jesus did the work of salvation that you couldn't do. Jesus, the righteous one, bore your guilt and your sin when he hung on that cross. He carried your condemnation, and he died in your place. Jesus did all the work necessary for God to be able to justify you, for him to be able to declare you and I to be righteous. And so you receive all the benefits of Jesus' work by putting your full trust then in him, in who he is, in what he has done, by believing that and living it. That's faith. You're justified by faith. And this faith itself is even a gift of God. And this here is an error now in Catholic 
doctrine in what they believe. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. So, question for you. How do you know if this is true of you? How do you know if you personally have been justified? Well, do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in him? Are you fully trusting in who he is and what he has accomplished for your salvation? Do you believe all that God has said in his word? Are you following after Christ and living in such a way that his word, that God through his word is transforming you and sanctifying you? Do you have faith? That's how you are justified. So what happens? Sorry, I missed this one. I missed the little clicker. You are justified not because of what you do, but because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Justified not because of what you do, but because of your faith in Jesus Christ. So then what happens as a result? What happens when you are justified? When God declares you to be righteous, first thing that we're going to look at this morning is you are free of guilt. You're free of guilt due to your sin. When God declares you righteous, from that point forward, God views you as perfect. He views you as blameless. He views you as holy, set apart for him. You are acquitted of all charges, and you are free of guilt. Now, you might say, what, but I still sin. Yep, you do. And we'll address that in a little bit, too, what happens when we sin. Okay? But this is what happens. We are freed from guilt. We are justified. Now, it's important to note here that God's declaration of righteousness over you, setting you free of guilt, it carries authority. Okay? It carries authority. So when God declares something, it is true, and it will happen, Right? There's nothing that can change that. If God declares it to be true, it is true forever. If God declares you to be righteous by your faith, it is true now and forevermore. You are free of guilt. There's no more left. Isn't that great? What God says is true forever and ever. When you are justified, you are freed from all guilt. The record is clean. Second thing that happens when you're justified, accompanying this justification is the truth that you are accepted. You are accepted. If God declares you to be righteous, if he frees you from all guilt, you are now acceptable to him because you are righteous. Right? Only righteous people can be in right relationship with God. God declares you to be righteous, meaning you're accepted. You can be in relationship with him now. You are now acceptable to him. There's no longer any barrier in your relationship with God. You're transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus. You're no longer dead in Adam, but you're alive to God in Christ Jesus. You're no longer a child of wrath, but you're a child of God. You're no longer far apart from God, but you have been brought near. In your unrighteousness, you were unworthy, but now you are acceptable to God. You are fully welcomed into his presence. Like the Old Testament temple, the curtain, right, blocked 
man from the presence of God. And yet when Jesus Christ died, when he did the work of salvation, the curtain was torn in two from top to the bottom. There is now access into the Father's presence. You are acceptable to God. There is no rejection of you. There is no turning away from you. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Justification brings full acceptance of you in God's presence in every way. Now, we do want to address some false teachings that are in our world regarding justification. And so I want to just hit this head on because it's a prevalent thing and it's a destructive thing. Um, I've already mentioned uh, the Catholic Church, so I just want to tell it to you straight. The Catholic Church is wrong on justification. They are in error on the doctrine of justification. In addition to that, there are other churches in error here as well, and so we want to talk about those things. Now, as we do, before we get into some of the errors, I want you to know that both Catholic churches and other churches that are wrong here on, on justification, they're, they're typically going to be very right on sin, right? And so they believe that you're sinful, that you're unrighteous. That's, that's right. That's true. They believe that your sin keeps you from God. They believe that your sin has consequences. The consequence is death, eternal separation from God in hell. They believe that your sin is a great debt to be paid. We all agree on that. That's all true, right? But where we differ is on our understanding of justification, being given righteousness, declared righteous. And so I want to give you a very short, very brief, uh, simplistic history lesson because I think it will help us to better understand the Catholic faith and our, our own as well and how they come together. And so from the time of Christ up until about the, the early 1500s, there was basically one major belief system within the church, all right? Now, within that, there were, they would call councils. They would call meetings together to define and confirm doctrine. They would also use those times of council of meeting to refute false doctrine, all right? But by the early 1500s, there was mainly one main belief system, but at this time, the church had become very works-oriented, all right? So within the, the church... There was a growing acceptance of the belief that you need to work, you need to be good enough in yourself in order to be justified and have a right standing with God. So the belief was that your righteousness before God was based on you, based on your abilities, based on how good or bad you are. And so this is a false doctrine that continues even within the Catholic Church today. So the error of the Catholic Church is that it incorrectly adds works, it adds good deeds to the doctrine of justification. You need faith in Jesus, but you need a lot more than that. Right? And by the way, if you ever sin, your justification is lost. Right? It's, it's gone. Your position of Justification is gone. So they believe that you need good works in order to earn justification as well as to maintain your justified position. Which, if this were true, would would really be no justification at all. There wouldn't be righteousness. 
And so this is a totally different gospel than what the Bible teaches. And so we need to be aware of that. At this time in the church history, uh, along with that false doctrine came indulgences. Have you ever heard of this? Indulgences. So an indulgence is something that you can earn or more often buy in order to gain a better standing with God. If you do a certain deed or pay a certain fee, you can have more righteousness in your favor. Think of the fundraising opportunities here, right? I tell you that you're not good enough for God to accept you. But if you pay me some money, it will help your, under, help your standing before God, right? Boy, I could make lots of money. And the Catholic Church has, right? Of course, because it's never going to be enough. You'll never get to where you need to be. And every time you sin, you have to start again, right? It's a horrible scheme. It's maddening. It's evil. One of the things that indulgences would supposedly do is reduce your time in purgatory. Now, purgatory is what Catholics believe to be a place where you go to when you die. It's a place where you go and work off your remaining sin debt before you can go to heaven, before you can be with Christ. So buying indulgences helps reduce this time in purgatory where you have to work off this sin debt. The problem with purgatory is that it's not biblical. It's not in the Bible. Turn a few books to the right to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And here Paul is um, writing, he's kind of addressing uh, his thought of, of facing the possibility of his death. Okay? So the Apostle Paul is considering uh, the possibility of his death. And then in verse 21 of chapter 1, he says this. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To die is gain. He doesn't say to die is to go and still have to work off sin debt that's there and hope that eventually someday I can get... No, no. To die is gain. There's a gain. There's a reward in death. Continuing verse 22, Paul says, If I am to live in the flesh... That means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better than living on this earth, he's saying. His desire was to depart and not go to a place where he had to work and work off sin and work off debt and try again to be good enough to be acceptable by God, his desire was to depart and be with Christ. You can only be with Christ if you are righteous. Right? Justification, being declared righteous. And so there was error, there was false doctrine arising in the, the church at this time. And because of all this, uh, some men, many individuals came in, in an attempt uh, they came forward in an attempt to reform the church, to, to change it, to bring it back to the Bible. So they would say, uh, basically, let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back and see what God says in his word, and let's just live accordingly. Let's believe it, and let's 
live it. And so on justification, the Bible says that one is justified by faith apart from works, so let's believe it and let's live it. And that's what they preached. That's what they taught. Unfortunately, at this time, the religious leaders, the religious elite, didn't reform. Instead, these church leaders in Rome actually condemned, officially condemned, these attempted reforms. They called together a council, the Council of Trent in the mid-1500s, where they put together official statements in order to refute these attempted reforms. And so they stated in in this council, in these statements, they stated that anyone who believes in justification by faith alone is anathematized, cursed, condemned. That's what you believe. You are to be cursed. Now that might sound harsh until we read what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 1. Flip back there. Uh, If you're in Philippians, two books over to the left. Galatians chapter 1. And here Paul, as he's writing, he actually uses similar language. Galatians chapter 1. Look at verse 6. Paul writes, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. That's what's happening here in the church at this time. The gospel is being distorted. Verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Accursed condemned, separated from Christ. Why would Paul wish for people to be accursed? Well, because they were distorting the gospel. They were changing it. And in so doing, they were leading others astray. They were leading others away from Christ instead of to him. So this gospel is the message of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, coming to earth living perfect in perfect righteousness, dying on the cross for sin, being raised to life again, that all who come to faith in him, that all who come to him in faith would be saved. And so here lies the problem for the Catholic Church. They are distorting the gospel and leading people astray. They are teaching contrary to Scripture. They're even teaching contrary to what Paul writes in Galatians here. Flip over to chapter 2 in Galatians. Chapter 2 and verse 16. Paul says, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And yet, works, good deeds, was being added. And so the church leaders at the time stuck their tail on the ground, 
and continued in their false beliefs and their false doctrine and their false teaching. And in doing so, the Catholic Church has led thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people astray over the course of hundreds of years. So, the Reformation, the attempt to reform the church, was in place. It didn't go. There were other aspects to the Reformation. Uh, part of that was how we view Scripture. Uh, part of it was the structure and the authority of church. Again, other aspects as well. But justification by faith was the biggest concern. It was really a battle for the true gospel and what the gospel really is, what actually saves people. And so this Reformation then led to a a division in the church. It didn't reform the church. It didn't change the church, but it divided the church into what we have uh, now, what we know of as the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Church, those who believe on justification by faith. And so there are errors uh, in the Catholic Church in this, but there are other churches that have error in their uh, doctrine on justification as well. Some will teach that your standing before God is based solely on your actions, on your ability to do good. This is absolutely wrong. It's not the case at all. And yet other churches will teach justification by faith, but they will act differently. They'll preach justification by faith, but they'll treat you as if that's not actually true. They'll have certain expectations of you. They'll place undue burdens on you. You better do this. You better do that. You better say things this way. You better act this way. And the reality then is that they don't actually believe in justification by faith. We want to be people who believe it and live it out in our relationships with one another. So in these, some of you have had past experiences like this. Some of you have been told either directly or maybe more oftentimes you've been told indirectly that you're simply just not good enough. Right? You need to do more because of this sin debt to earn righteousness. You need to give more. You need to go to church more. You need to pray more and in certain ways to work off this sin debt and gain righteousness for yourself. You need to perform at all the perform all the right religious practices. You need to, you need to, you need to. Okay. Have you been there? If this is in as part of your belief system, you need to receive biblical truth this morning. Right? Jesus Christ put an end to all of that. Jesus paid the full debt for your sin. There's no more left. It's all gone. He did the work of salvation so that you don't have to do the work. You simply receive by faith. Isn't that freeing? Isn't that great? So justification by works puts the focus on you and your ability to do good. Justification by faith puts the focus on Jesus Christ and what he was able to accomplish in saving sinners. Flip back to Romans chapter 3 with me. We'll look at some more of what the Bible says on this here. 
Romans chapter 3, look at verse 19. It says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. In other words, every person will be able to see their unrighteousness before God and held accountable. Verse 20, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. In other words, following the law won't save you. It can't make you righteous. The law shows you how sinful you actually are, that you don't measure up to all of God's standards. And when you see how sinful you are, you know that there is no way that you can earn this righteousness that you need on your own. There's nothing you can do but turn to Christ. You are not justified by your works, and you cannot be justified by your works. There's only one way that you can be justified, and that's by faith in Jesus Christ alone. This is what the Reformation was all about. Now look back at verse 28 in chapter 3 here. Paul says, For we hold, we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. If you have a different version than ESV, your version might say we conclude or we maintain. Here's what Paul's saying. We hold. This is our conclusion. This is what we believe. This is what our salvation is based upon. We have everything invested in this, in this one thing. That one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is what we're holding on to. This is what our salvation is all about. This is our sure hope for eternity. This is what we're holding. Justification by faith. We can't do it by works. So then, what do you do with justification? What do you do with it? Well, you simply live it out. You live it out. If you are justified by God, if you are declared righteous by him, you have a new identity. Your identity is now in Christ. You are free from condemnation. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So live it out. How do you live it out? Put off sin and put on righteousness more and more. Now, I thought we were declared righteous. Yes, you're declared righteous. So now live it. Live in righteousness more and more. Your justification is not an excuse to sin, right? Romans chapter 6. Shall we go on sinning? By no means. How can we live in it any longer? Don't live in sin. Live in righteousness. But many times we struggle. We struggle to live righteously because we don't really believe that we are justified. This is why I said earlier, your understanding of justification is critical to you living this out, to your life and how you live freely in Christ. If you believe that you're just a hopeless sinner, you will live like a hopeless sinner. If you believe that you have been justified and set free from sin, then you can live in righteousness. Right? Set apart unto God. So we live this out. We put off sin. We live in righteousness more and more. Every day, seek God in thankfulness for who he is and all that Christ has accomplished for you. 
So speaking of sin, I told you we get here. What happens to justification when you sin? Right? Because as much as we fight against sin, as much as we try not to, as much as we attempt to live for God's glory, we still fall short, don't we? We still have sin in our lives. So what happens to your justified position when you sin? Well, Catholic doctrine would tell you that you've lost it, you've lost righteousness, and you have to earn it back, right? Other Christian belief systems would say that you've lost it, and you better try harder, and you better get it right, right? But biblically, justification is still yours. It's still yours. If God declares you to be righteous, that now defines you, That's who you are now. That's your identity. You don't lose it. Nothing can undo what God has declared to be true, not even your own sin. Jesus Christ has purchased you by his own blood, and you are his. He will not lose you because he is an all-sufficient Savior. Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter prevails, Christ will hold me fast. When I sin, Christ will hold me fast. No matter what comes my way, he will hold me fast. He will not let me go. Our hope is in him. And so when you sin, confess it. Right? That's why we started service with a, or at the beginning of our service, as a confession of sin. We have sinned. Confess it. Confess it. Believe the promises of God. Believe that you are justified, that you are still declared righteous in his sight. Recommit yourself once again to follow Christ, asking for his help. And move forward in thankfulness for all that he has accomplished for you. So as we wrap up, let's make a few final application points here. How do we respond to this teaching, biblical teaching on justification by faith? Well, first I would ask you to consider where is your faith? Where is it for you? Maybe this is all new for you. Maybe this is the first year hearing this biblical truth. I would encourage you to believe it and be saved and live it. Right? I'd encourage you, if you have questions about it, come and talk to me. Talk to Pastor Jeremy, one of the elders, a friend who brought you, invited you to church. Come and talk to us. Set up a meeting. Let's find out for sure. Right? If you have questions, find this out for sure because it's critically important for you. Lastly, application, live freely in Christ. Live freely in Christ. Justification by works puts you in bondage. You're never good enough. You can never do enough. The, doctor, the doctrine of justification by faith should give you great confidence for Christian living, for living, following Christ and for his glory, knowing that you've been forgiven of your sin. It's gone. Knowing that you've been given eternal life, it can't be taken away. God holds you fast. Knowing that God has declared you to be righteous and he sees you that way. Knowing that nothing can separate you from God's love. So live freely in Christ. Fix your eyes on him and live fully for his glory. Let's pray. Father God, we do praise you. Thank you that 
There is justification, that there is righteousness that is given to us when we cannot earn it ourselves. But it's been revealed, it's been manifested apart from the law. And we hold to this, God. We hold that one is justified by faith. That we cannot work for it, we cannot earn it, but we just receive it because you give it. So thank you for that. Help us to live faithfully before you each and every day, fixing our eyes on Christ, receiving truth from your word, and letting it transform us. And so God, would you work these things in us more and more for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The charge this morning is this. <clears throat> Live freely in Jesus Christ, knowing that your justification is secure in him. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.